welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. And right now we're working our way through 1 Peter, and it's an incredible letter. It's a letter, as I've said so many times now, that reminds us that even though we may suffer in this life, even though we will suffer in this life, even though that suffering at times, even often, will be unjust, still, because our hope is not founded on anything in this life, but on the finished work of Jesus Christ, his life, death, and resurrection, on the gospel, we can face this suffering, continuing to entrust ourselves to God without losing hope knowing who it is that keeps us. And so Peter is writing this letter to these elect exiles that are struggling to cling to the faith, struggling to to remember the hope that they have, and he's trying to encourage them with the gospel and then teach them what it looks like, not just to have some kind of emotional basis for life that that keeps them happy, but, but teach them what it looks like to actually live out of the gospel, to live out of the hope that we have, to live out of the security we have, to live out of the reality of being born again to a living hope. And so we've come up to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're working our way through verses 7 through 11, which kind of gives this cluster of of imperative ideas that he calls us to. I'm going to read all of these verses. We're just going to look at verse 9 today, though. So let's pray and let me read these verses and and continue to look at how Peter is teaching us to live in this life in the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the strength that you give us. We thank you for the hope that you give us in Christ. And we ask that even as we hear your word taught this morning, you would strengthen us to live in the hope of the gospel. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Well, we're looking at verse 9, which says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. And there's uh, actually a lot packed into these few words when we begin to think about the reality of hospitality. In our day, there's a lot of talk about xenophobia. This idea of of the fear or, or hatred of strangers or foreigners as Merriam-Webster defines it. Fear and hatred of strangers or foreigners or of anything that is strange or foreign. What's fascinating is when we look at the word for hospitality, this it's built off some similar words. It's got a, a common root of xenos in Greek, which is the, the stranger or foreigner part of xenophobia. Phobia is the fear part. And, and so what Christians are called to is not xenophobia, but the word that's used here is philoxenos. Not fear of what is strange, not fear of the stranger, but love of the stranger. 
And we see this throughout Scripture, that we're not called to feel xenophobia, but to philoxenia, built off of this philos love, this brotherly love for the stranger. And that's exactly what Peter is calling us to here. This love of each other, love of the other. When we look at how this word is used throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament, we see that that in part, what it the idea that it that it conveys that it that it's used for is is hosting travelers that are believers that you may or may not know, hosting them in your home, bringing them in, and caring for these brothers and sisters in Christ. We see it used that way throughout the Book of Acts. We see. Uh, we see it commanded multiple times. We see it commanded here. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. We see it commanded in, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. We see it commanded in the book of Romans, in chapter 12. Verses 9 through 13, we, we find Paul giving a similar set of commands to what we are looking at in here in 1 Peter. He says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal or fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation and constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. We see in both in both 1 Timothy 3.2 and in Titus 1.8 in these verses that are part of the, the qualifications for being an elder of the church, that elders are to be people that are hospitable, that are philoxenia, lovers of, of the strangers welcoming people in. Even in 1 Timothy 5. In the, the qualifications of, of kind of a woman, a widow that can be included on the list, showing hospitality is so basic to being a Christian that if, if a widow, that, that is a, a, a widow of the church, a believer, if she wasn't known for showing hospitality, then, then she wasn't to be included on the list of those cared for by the church. Of course, there's this passage that scares us all when we read it in Matthew chapter 25 where Jesus is talking about the final judgment. The word stranger here is the xenos word and what we find is that love of the stranger is key. This is what Jesus says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger there's the word, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger, and welcome you, or naked, and clothe you? And when did we see you sick, or in prison, and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, 
into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. There's that word again. And you did not welcome me naked and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. See, what we learn from that is this, this idea of love of the other rather than fear of the other. Love of the stranger, love of the broken, love of the sick, love of the imprisoned. Love of the hungry. This idea of showing hospitality is absolutely basic to the pattern of Christian living. It's what it means in part for us to consider others more important than ourselves as Christ did us. And so we see in Ephesians chapter 2 the kind of theological underpinnings for our call to love the stranger. Because what we see is that this is precisely what Jesus has done for us. Paul writes, therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, what undergirds this call to show hospitality is the hospitality that we have been shown by Christ. And so Peter here calls Christians to deal with each other in this way and to do so without grumbling. It's as if he knows our hearts. The Christian, you and I, because of what Jesus has done for us, have been freed from xenophobia. We have been freed from fearing the other, from being annoyed by the other that we might practice philoxenia, that we might show hospitality to each other, and that we might do so not begrudgingly, not grumbling, 
but in the joy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This isn't something that we can buckle down ourselves and do. We most definitely need the Spirit's help, but He will help us. For this is precisely what our Savior has done. When we were strangers, He welcomed us in and made us a part of His family. Now we as Christians are called to welcome each other in, making each other a part of our family. Might we learn to do that with one another? Might we opt for philoxenia over xenophobia? Because that is what Christ has done for us. Amen. Mm-hmm.